For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. In the past few years, we've heard the term free agents and been told we would all need to become one in order to succeed. The recent economic structures have helped to promote this concept as reality. Where do we get the tools to take control of our career path in the present and future? Welcome to The Career Confidant with your host, Marie Zimanoff. Marie and her guest experts are here to provide you with the tools you need to move forward and achieve your career goals. Now, here is Marie Zimanoff. Well, good afternoon. Welcome, welcome, welcome to The Career Confidant. This is your host, Marie Zimanoff, and I'm happy that you've joined us today. My guess is that if you're listening into this show, you're either thinking about making a change in your career, maybe you feel stuck, maybe you're not sure where to go next, but you probably know that things aren't working in some way, and that's why you're tuning in today into The Career Confidant. And our goal with this show is really to help you understand how you can take charge of your own career, knowing that most of us aren't going to get built up and coddled by a company anymore. That Those days are gone. And really, it's in, in our court to get our career where we want it to go. And so we're giving you some tools here during this show and really helping you understand how to gather your own career intelligence so that you can move your career forward. And if you'd like to take the opportunity to ask a question, you can always call in live at 866-472-5790 or you can email me at marie, M-A-R-I-E, at astrategicadvantage.com. And today, we've been talking about interviewing, we've talked a little bit about career change and resumes and job search, and today I wanted to talk a little bit about some of those things that are getting in our way of moving career forward, of advancing, of making a change. There are some critical things that we can control that might be getting in our way. And so I've come up with seven things that you can do to stop your career advancement, if that's what you're looking to do. But really, they're the seven things I see lots of people doing that are getting in their way and they don't really understand what's happening. Right? That happens to all of us where we're doing things and maybe even feeling like we're trying really hard but we're still not getting where we want to go. We're not getting those promotions. We're not getting the jobs that we're interviewing for. Whatever your situation might be, there's some common threads that I see getting in people's way, and we're going to talk about those today. Now, you might be sitting back and think, well, I'm doing everything perfect. Well, then hopefully you're getting the results you want. If not, this will be our time to really look at are some of these things getting in my way? 
the number one thing that I see get in people's way, and, and honestly gets in my way, it's just human nature to think we're an expert in everything. Now, some of us will say, oh, no, not me. You know, I go and ask for help. I, I'm, I'm, I love to learn. Yes, and are there times that we come across as a know-it-all? Are there times where we aren't taking opportunities to let people help us? Or are there times where someone's not being helpful, but perhaps pointing that out is not helping get us where we want to go either? This is that know-it-all syndrome, right? And it happens to all of us, and it might look different. So let's say you're job-seeking. And you find your friends and family giving you that wonderful advice. Have you tried this? Are you looking at this? Oh, you should look at Career Builder, right? Well, duh. And you find yourself starting to say, that sounds great, but. Or I've already tried that. And when you start to hear yourself saying those things in job search, it's an opportunity to change how you're really accepting gifts from others around you. That's what they're trying to do. They're trying to help, trying to give you advice, although it may may be misguided. And the way that we take that and handle those gifts that they're giving us really determines whether or not they keep trying to help us, right? So watch out for that language, especially if you're job seeking that, but I've already tried that. That website's a piece of junk. Whatever it might be that you find yourself saying, is that really helping you move forward through your communication with the people who are trying to help you? Now, if you're in a job and you're trying to move forward, some of that know-it-all piece might come in a few different ways, right? You may be one of those people that says, I need to know the whole business. I need to know what's going on to operate. Um, You know, I, I need to have my hands in everything And just to sit back and think about how is that being perceived by others? Maybe that your energy, energy, enthusiasm to have your hands in everything is helpful. And maybe it feels like micromanaging to the other people you're around. And maybe it may not be working for us. And I'm working with a, a client right now who's looking for a new job. And saying, oh, you know, I, I need to be able to do all of these things. Well, let's see what works for the organization, right? And see if we can find a happy medium where you're being involved and helps you stay interested and strategic or whatever it might be that you need. And how do you make that work for the rest of the organization? Now, one of the things that this know-it-all piece of all of us get can lead to is it's a great, great study by the Harvard Business Review. And the study is called Competent Jerks, Lovable Fools, and the Fo- Formation of Social Networks. Let's think about that a little bit. Competent Jerks, Lovable Fools. I see this a lot with the engineers that I work with. I, I love them. I'm married to one. And, and they tend to fall into this trap a lot of being the competent jerk. Now, if you've read any of Dale Carnegie's work, he talks about similar things. 
asking questions, not always telling everybody how to do everything, right? Sounds simple. And when we get into a heated argument and we know we're right, how do we step back from that and really realize that that competent jerk does not get the promotions, does not get the cool projects, because we like to work with people who are likable. We like to work with people that work well with others, sometimes even regardless of if they're the brightest person, right? And so I'd encourage you, you can Google this article. It's from June 2005, so it's been around a little bit. The Harvard Business Review, Competent Jerks and Lovable Fools. And just think about how am I being portrayed or seen or perceived in my work environment, or maybe even if you're job seeking, how are you being perceived and how might you want to change that, right? I mean, the ultimate would be to love, be a lovable star, right? Where we're good at things and people like to be around us. And I think sometimes we think that's natural, right? You're either naturally likable or you're not. And that's, that's not true. There are some skills that we can learn to interact better with, other, with others, and actually to, it problem solves better than bringing the attitude of that we know best. So I'd encourage you to look at that article. You can read you know, Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People. And it's, it's all about being able to collaboratively work with people and listen. And that is holding a lot of us back in our careers because we really have been taught that it's what you know that matters, right? And even though some people say it's who you know, once we're in that job, we forget that. And we think, oh, it's my competence, it's my ability to get things done, it's my brilliance in developing the best new technologies. And although all of those are assets, if we aren't likable, then it's going to be a hindrance to our career. So go ahead and check that out, Harvard Business Review. And Dale Carnegie, if you're looking for the skills to be more likable, just realizing that that's important. I think we are trained and we hear that it's so important to be competent and to show how competent we are and to demonstrate our competence, that it's, it's important not to forget the other side of that and how are we treating other people. So that's the first thing. And one of the biggest things I see that people are doing in their careers that's getting them stuck. They aren't moving forward because they are perceived as the competent jerk instead of the lovable fool. Second thing I see happening, and this is happening a lot as our baby boomers, right? You baby boomers are aging and even our Gen X starting to talk a lot about discrimination, specifically age discrimination, but we may feel discriminated against for other reasons. And just to check that, to check that thought and see what is our part in that. Because, of course, we can't change other people's perceptions. If they think we're too old or we're not a male and they need a male or maybe we're too young, right? I get that too. Whatever it might be that we feel like is our gap. And, you know, there's some great work on this in more 
gaps that are a big deal, right? Having been to jail, whatever it might be that might be a gap that is something that we're really aware of. Age and some of those other things can be similar in that we can control what we can control. And if we're already expecting that discrimination, we're at a disadvantage to begin with. If we're already expecting someone to not like us because of our age, our race, our sex, if we're already expecting that, then we're setting it up for that. Of course, those feelings of other people aren't valid and aren't helpful and, yes, can be illegal. And where are we coming from and how are we controlling what they're seeing? So if you're in a situation and you feel like they don't want me because I'm a female, right? I'd love to move up to management, but they don't want me there because I'm a female. Well, what is it do you think that they're worried about because you're female? And how can you address those fears? How can you, how can you communicate that you won't do what they're afraid of? That's all you have control over. You may not be able to win them over and that may go back to last week, right, where it's time to leave. And how can we address the fears that they do have because of their maybe even wildly off judgment based on that discrimination in their brain? How can we address that? When I've been working with people who are interviewing One of the things that I see when we're talking about age is to really think through what are their concerns when they have someone older sitting across the table, right? Their concern might be that you don't have the energy, that you don't have current skills, that you are looking to retire soon. And so how can you address those fears without making a big deal out of them or changing the topic too much there, you still want to be able to sell your main skills, but how can you address those fears that discrimination brings? That's all we can control when we're trying to get somewhere and we feel like there's this discrimination, is to really look at what's the real fear, what's the real concern, and how can I address that? So before we go to break, a quick story. I was working with a woman who had interviewed at a position working in a call center, and she was going to be the executive assistant to the COO. So they wanted someone who was an executive assistant. They interviewed a younger woman. They interviewed this individual that I was talking to, and they interviewed another individual that was about her same age. I would say at this time she was maybe 55. And they decided that the younger person didn't have the experience they were looking for. They brought in the second woman that was around 55, and she walked through the halls and saw all the people and said, oh, everyone here is so young. And she talked about it a couple of different times in the interview, and not in a great way, kind of an, I'm not going to fit in here, right? And then my client the, the woman I was working with went in, and she said, oh, how great. I love this atmosphere. This is going to keep me young. How great to be working with this age group and all of these excited people. Who do you think got the job? 
it doesn't always matter of our age. It's can we combat what people are expecting and can we show we're a fit for the position and the environment despite what those objections might be in our own head and possibly in the head of our manager or hiring manager. So when we come back from break, we're going to go through a few more here of the things that might be getting in your way to advance your career. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Simonoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. This is your host, Marie Zimanoff, and tonight we're talking about the seven stops that are getting in your way, right? These are speed bumps that are preventing you from advancing your career, from maybe landing that position. Things that I see consistent across managers who are trying to move up or or get a promotion or maybe just get some recognition, uh, individual contributors who are looking to move up, get a raise, whatever it might be, and job seekers who are looking to land that position. And so we talked a little bit um, about this know-it-all thing that gets in our way. We talked a little bit about the Harvard Business Review article on likable fools versus competent jerks. And I think that that's just, it's a harsh language. The idea and it happens to all of us, is that we are told that it's important how much we know. And we get caught up in proving that. And we forget that real decisions are made and people give promotions and accolades to people that they like. And so that article is really good for that. In that know-it-all flavor, too, is is uh, some work by Malcolm Gladwell around if you're a manager and you're a know-it-all, how much we stunt the innovation of our team by not doing what they say to do but always trying to make it better or add something to it or maybe even say that their idea is not great, here's what we should do instead. And so there's some great work um, by Malcolm Gladwell and what got you here won't get you there. And I'll put that up on the website so that you have that resource as well. Then we talked a little bit about discrimination and how we can tend to feel like maybe we're being discriminated against, 
either to get a promotion, to get a position, or maybe even just to get a raise. And that we can evaluate that. What is their fear? What are the fears that come along with that stereotype? Maybe it's about us being a woman. Maybe it's about us being young or old. Whatever it feels like is getting in our way. What are those issues that people might be assuming because of your age or your sex or your race? And how can we try to address those in a politically nice way, right? Going back to our first point here. But realizing that those points of discrimination are the only thing we can do about them is to address them and to not assume that they're going to be there before we walk walk through the door. Just got off the phone before I came onto the show with a gentleman who was 55, and, you know, that's what he said to me. My biggest drawback, my biggest failing point is that I'm 55. Well, jeez, right? I don't think so. Let's find a place where that's an asset. And not everybody thinks that being 55 is a drawback or a problem. So let's think about how we're putting that out there before we go into some of these things. So those were the first two. The third one, and this is kind of a group, is breaking first date rules. I love to talk about interviewing and networking in terms of dating. The truth is, even when we're working at a job somewhere, in essence, we're, we're married, maybe, or dating the people that we work with, right? We are in a relationship with them. We'll talk about that a little bit more later. And when we're in a relationship with people, there are some things that we need to do to make that relationship work. And so thinking about the first date rules, the top three things that I find people don't do well is the first, they tend to air dirty laundry before it's appropriate or maybe it's never appropriate, right? Even when you're married, talking about some of those conquests from your younger days or whatever it might be doesn't necessarily help the relationship, right? And and maybe isn't appropriate. And that dirty laundry, maybe it's, especially in the job search, it might be our, our pain, right? Our job search pain. We're tired of being rejected. We're tired of applying to positions. And there's an appropriate place to discuss that pain, If we're doing it when we're interviewing or networking and you'll say, oh, I would never do that, right? Well, you know, if you're not handling that pain somewhere, I've had people come in and say, oh my gosh, I cried during that interview. They asked a question, it struck a nerve, and I didn't even see that coming. Or, you know, I'm networking and these people won't follow up with me, right? Are you dumping all your dirty laundry on them? It happens at work too, right? If you are constantly being negative, that's your dirty laundry at work, whether it's about other coworkers or it's about your home life, whatever it might be. Are we breaking that first date rule of, of airing too much dirty laundry? One of the things that I remember my mom saying to me when I was younger was keep a little bit of mystery about yourself, right? And it goes back to that dirty laundry piece. 
that also goes into some of the desperation, right? When you are going on a date, the last thing you want is for that person across from you to go too fast, right? Whether that's a commitment too fast or in another way, you don't want, it just feels like you just want to get up and run away the other way, right? I always tell the story of going on a first date and we went to Chili's. It was at co- when I was in college and we're in the car on the way back to my dorm room and the gentleman said to me, oh, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I was telling him about my interests and I said, oh, yeah, I play the piano. And he turns to me and he says, oh, my mom is going to love that. Yikes, Right? Talking about meeting his parents on the first date, I didn't even know if I liked this guy. We do that a lot to ourselves, especially in the job search, where we are asking people to help us before we have a relationship, or we're asking about a specific opportunity, and when that person's not comfortable, they're not in a position to to help us, whatever it might be, that we're pushing it too far too fast, and that you know, breaks the first date rules. The other thing that we do a lot is talk about ourselves too much, right? You think about dating and, or even trying to build a friendship and how frustrating it is when there's not that back and forth. And you might be doing that at work, right? In your daily work, are you equal with the people around you? Do you ask them questions? Do you listen? That's an important part of, of winning over somebody, of making those relationships. Right? It goes back to that Dale Carnegie piece we were talking about. And really knowing that I can pay attention to someone else. It's important. It's important. And sometimes we forget about those things. Then the last first date rule is no follow-through, right? And no follow-through hurts us when we're job-seeking. When we had the interviewing or the networking expert on here, Tony, Tony Redburn, a while ago, he was talking about that less than 20% of people follow through or follow up after a networking meeting, right? Less than 20%. Boy, now that's one of the things that all the movies make fun of, right? She said she'd call or he said he'd call. That lack of follow-through kills us. It kills us in our job search, kills us when we're networking, and it really can kill our career advancement at work, right? If we're not following through with what we said we will do on a consistent basis, everybody makes mistakes, but do you follow through on a consistent basis? It's going to be key to moving forward. So watch those first date rules. The first date rules, no dirty laundry, don't be desperate. Call when you say that you'll call and watch how much you're talking about yourself. And that kind of goes back to that first point in the know-it-all piece. So we've talked about know-it-all, we've talked about discrimination, we've talked about these first date rules. One of the other things I see getting in people's way is this idea of entitlement. And I hear most of the entitlement talk directed towards the Gen 
wise, right, the millennials, that they're entitled. What I would argue is that we are all, we can all come across as entitled, no matter what age you are. I've seen baby boomers who are entitled because they feel like they deserve a certain salary or they've been working for this much time, they should get X or get Y, they deserve that, they deserve that promotion. And if it comes from that place of I deserve this because, and that because is, is me, that because is very selfish, that because is, you know, whatever it might be, then it sounds entitled. Now, let's think about how we can flip that, right? So if we feel like we deserve something, first of all, I want some research behind it, right? I want to know why logically, analytically, do you deserve something? Because when it comes from that emotional place, it sounds very whiny, right? Let me get you some cheese and you can have your wine and cheese. But when we've got the analytical piece, I deserve this salary because... I've been working for this many years. I've got this skill set. This is the skill set that you're looking for. That's the piece of it that we sometimes miss. And that's where I'm at, right? That's logically where this lines up. Or maybe I deserve to move up into management because I've demonstrated X, Y, and Z. I've got these accomplishments. And those tangible pieces A lot of times we feel like, well, that's bragging or whatever it might be. But I tell you what, if you don't have those tangible pieces, you've gone from bragging to whining. I would rather that we brag, right? Tell me some tangible reasons why you deserve where where you're aiming. Whether it's for a promotion or in that job interview, you're negotiating salary. All of those pieces can come across as entitled if you aren't clear about the analytical reasons of how what you have matches what they're looking for and boom, that's why I deserve X, Y, or Z. And let's be real that none of us deserve much of anything, right? The world is changing, the world is moving, and I think that's what's hard is that in the old work world, there used to be some of that pay your dues and you'd get X, Y, or Z. And most of that just doesn't exist anymore. For good or for bad, that's just the way it is. And when we come across as in that traditional worldview of I've done X, Y, or Z, so I deserve X, Y, or Z, it can sound entitled coming from any age group. And I've seen it get all age groups in trouble, right? It's where do you belong? Let's do the research. If you are looking at salary, what does the market say? And how can you put those pieces together and demonstrate the business case instead of the why me case? So let's come back in just a few minutes and we're going to finish talking through the seven bumps that are getting in the way of your career advancement. Always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. 
You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back, and this is Marie Zemanoff, your host of The Career Confidant. And tonight we've been talking about Seven road bumps on your path to career advancement. So we started by talking about this know-it-all piece that might get in our way both in our job search and in our career advancement. We talked a little bit about discrimination and our part in that, how we might address those issues, and how our outlook is hurting or helping us there. Then we talked about the first date rules right? Not airing our dirty laundry, not showing how desperate we might be, especially when we're job seeking, watching our follow through and making sure we're watching how much we're talking about ourselves. Talked about that a lot in our networking conversations, right? That our networking is about the other, makes it a lot easier for us. And that's true as we go through our careers to help us keep that balance and listening and being a collaborative team player, whatever you might want to call it. Then we talked a little bit about entitlement and how entitlement can creep up on us at any age. And really, instead of thinking about maybe why we deserve something, really being able to build a business case of this is the value that I bring, so this is why I deserve that promotion, that job, that salary, Whatever it might be, I've talked to a lot of hiring managers and managers who will say, you know, so-and-so will come in and ask for a raise and I'll ask them, well, why do you feel you deserve that? Well, because I've worked here for 10 years. Not a great answer, right? You need to be able to build a business case for yourself and demonstrate the value that you bring, whether you're negotiating salary, just starting a job, looking for a promotion or whatever that might be. And... Also, keeping all of these other speed bumps in check so that when you go to have that conversation, you're a likable person, right? And you've thought about what their objections might be and have answers ready for those things. So, one of the other pieces I see getting in people's way, and most of the time this is someone who's been in the workforce a little bit longer, but not all the time, is this idea of lack of learning or maybe even a resistance to learning, resistance to new technology, those ideas can get us in trouble in a lot of different ways. And 
you know, things move so fast today. And in every job, they move fast. When I was working for a nonprofit, they did retraining for mostly older adults who were making a transition in the workforce. And one of the biggest things people struggled with was the computer, right? Even if you're going to work at UPS or, well, especially work in an office, right? But if you've been doing construction, some of these gentlemen I worked with had been doing construction, and now they needed to get a different type of job. And boy, you had to know the computer to do anything, and and you have to know the computer to do an application. So that lack of technology really hurts. You have to get up to speed. You have to know how to use the new stuff. And thankfully, there's places that will teach you these things. But if you're in a technical field especially, there can be some issues with, are you up on technology? Do you stay up on the latest? And even in marketing, right? If you don't know social media, you're not up on e-marketing, SEO, SEM, how all these things work, your your opportunities are going to be limited and perhaps your advancement opportunities are going to be limited. So thinking through... How am I learning? How am I adding to my toolbox? And how am I deciding what skills to keep adding to my toolbox? And I would say that if you're not learning something, if you're not taking some kind of a class every year, you're probably falling behind. You're probably falling behind. And we talked a little bit last week about the hard part is now we're in charge of our professional development. Right, We're in charge of putting together that professional development plan. And we may even have to lobby to get it. We may even have to build a business case to show we deserve for the company to pay for it. Or maybe even that we deserve the time off to go do it even on our own dime. And since we're in charge of our career management and advancement, we may want to spend the money to do that. To make sure we're keeping our skills up to make sure that when we're looking for that promotion or that next job, that we can say, here's my new skills, here's how I've used these new skills, and I'm up to date, I'm learning, I am actively seeking new ways to do things, better ways to do things, more efficient ways to do things, and maybe even staying on top of whether or not things are are good, right? Should I be using Twitter? Should I be using Facebook as a marketing person? Am I reading? Am I staying up on any of that? And how am I going to demonstrate that? Maybe I'm doing side projects to use those new skills. That's what's challenging in today's career landscape is that I may have to do lots of different things or at least a few different things to build that toolbox and to keep it fresh so that I can do what I want to do and that people will see me as the right person to do what I want to do. So are you learning? Are you stuck? And how are you going to direct your learning? How are you going to direct your professional development? Because I can tell you that if there's a position open and I've got the choice of someone with 10 years of experience who is using a bunch of language in their resume that's old, who doesn't look like they're up on things, who hasn't taken any classes, 
and someone with 10 years of experience who has taken some classes, who has used some new skills, maybe even outside of work, who am I going to choose? And the competition is forcing us to realize that this continuous learning piece is so big and it's our job to do it. And that's a big order. It's a lot of responsibility maybe. And most companies, if you can present the business case, you will be able to get support. And if you can't, that may go back to last week, is this the place you want to be? Or can you make some money on the side learning that skill, applying that skill? Those are the things that I think about when I think about learning. The awesome thing is that there are so many free ways to build your skills now that it's just amazing. And lots of low-cost options out there. Working with a gentleman who's in marketing, knew that the social media piece was going to be important, knew he needed that online marketing expertise. And he's in a program with a, a major university online, and it's great, right? It's great, looks great on his resume, it's giving him the skills that he wants, and he's been able to apply those skills at work so that he can actually speak to that on the resume as he's looking to take his step up. Stanford's giving away things for free. You go on their website, they've got a lot of free classes that you can take, a lot of low-cost things that you can do. And Googling almost any kind of training you might want, and you'll see that there's a lot of opportunity out there. So if I'm going to be learning, if I'm, if I'm going to not have that be one of my speed bumps, I also need to know where I'm going, right? Where am I going? This is one of the other big speed bumps I see people hitting, right? Jars you in your car is, what, where am I going? What does my focus look like? Where is my field morphing? What's my focus? And if I don't have focus, it's really hard to have confidence. And if I don't have confidence, boy, it's really hard to sell that I deserve that promotion or that job. And so thinking about that focus, and we've talked about that in a few different shows Right, being able to concentrate in on the skills and the value that you bring and, and where you want to bring them next. Because if anyone's going to sell you for that next job, it's got to be you. And to be able to do that, you have to know where you're going. It's a circular problem, right? And thinking about where am I headed, where's my, where's my industry headed, is a bigger question than we've ever had to really worry about. Right? Our company was going to move us forward. We weren't going to have to change jobs, companies. Whew. And now all of that has changed. We're expected to be more mobile. And to be more mobile, we have to have a map. right? And that map is your focus. Where is your industry going? Where are you going? How do you want to add your skills next? Is it going to be a move up? Is it going to be an extended skill set? a lateral movement, or maybe even just a bring it in, right? Bring it into the fold of what I'm already doing. Here's this extra project. That's the way most of it's going right now with the do more with less mentality, right? So thinking about how am I building my career and where am I going so that I can get the tools that I need to move there and keep learning 
in the right direction. Because if I go take a class and that doesn't move me in the right direction, it could be wasted time for me and my company. And it may mean that I don't get the payment to do it if I can't show how it helps with where I'm going and how that might fit in with where the company's going. It's that career management, career development piece that maybe we're used to someone else helping us with. And there may be people in your organization that can help you with it if you know what you're asking for. How do my skill sets fit with where the company's needs are and how can I move forward? So thinking about that focus drives all of these other pieces. So we've talked about six of the road bumps. We're going to come back and talk about the last road bump and then we're going to get into your Get Career Smart tip for tonight and we will get the blog up so that you have the resources we're talking about. So come back in just a minute and we're going to go through the last road bump here in your career success. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network you know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career you can have the foresight skills and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities a strategic advantage and career expert marie Simonoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused get found and get hired Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. tuned into the career confidant with marie zimanoff if you have a question or comment for marie or her guest today please call 1-866-472-5790 that's 1-866-472-5790 you may also send an email to marie at a strategic advantage.com now back to the career confidant well welcome back and we are talking about the seven stops that are getting in the way of your career success. We've talked a little bit about the know-it-all factor that might be getting in our way, talked a little bit about discrimination and how we might adjust our approach and, and addressing those thoughts that might be surrounding that stereotype, talked about the first date rules, right? Being careful of our dirty laundry, our desperation, talking too much, and that lack of follow-through. And then we talked a little bit about entitlement and making sure we're able to put together some kind of a business case for what we deserve, right? And making that an analytical discussion with our manager or the hiring manager around why we deserve that salary, why we deserve that promotion. We talked a little bit about learning and how today really it's expected that we're managing our own skill set, we're getting the tools we need to make the next step, and really we're anticipating the business needs and getting the skills we need to, 
to do that job. And, you know, that's a tall order. And I hope that eventually maybe companies will start to see that and take some more of that back. But right now it's much, it's very up to the individual to get that development, to know what skills they need, to ask for the training to get those skills and and to build the tools to be able to move forward is really up to you. And that requires focus. And that lack of focus creates a bump for us because it, it digs at our confidence. Then we don't know what to learn. We don't know where we're going. And boy, it's really hard to give you a promotion when you don't ask for it, right? Or when you haven't been building the skills that you need for it because maybe you didn't know that that's where you were headed. So thinking about that focus and our plan, right, our career planning is is really big part of how we're going to move up today is doing the pieces that we need to move up and then executing on them. The last bump that I see is this lack of relationship at work and lack of relationship focus even when we're job seeking. Right? We talked about that during the networking conversation with Tony that the relationship is the focus, right? The other person is the focus when we're networking. And even when we're interviewing, I'll talk to people who get maybe a little even too caught up in selling themselves. And an interview is more about that conversation, right? An interview is more about the relationship than it is selling yourself, although that's important. They already know you have the skills or they wouldn't have called you for the interview. So balancing, yes, I need to speak to my skills, need to speak to how I work, and I need to build that relationship with the people that I'm in the room with. I was working with a educational professional who was going into interviews and had read somewhere that, you know, you should have this 90-day plan and this is what you're going to do. And, and I asked, you know, how do you think that's coming across to the other people? He said, well, you know, I've worried that maybe it's a little bit assumptive. Maybe they're worried that I'm not going to include them or not going to be an inclusive leader. And one of the big parts of this person's brand was inclusivity, collaboration, getting input. And I said, yeah, it sounds like this approach is not necessarily in line with your brand and might have the opportunity of harming you in the interview. And making a slight change in his verbiage and his approach made, it, made a big difference to how he felt when he left that interview. And those relationships don't stop when we get the job right? And a lot of times we get caught up in doing. We get caught up in cranking the wheel and we don't do some of the things that maybe will help us move up even more than cranking the wheel, right? Going to the company dinners, going to grab a drink, even if you don't drink, right? Go out and have a Sprite with the guys after work or the ladies after work. And, you know, you don't have to spend every waking moment, obviously, at work, then it, it would be more than work. But thinking about, am I nurturing those relationships? Because when we talk about it's not what you know, it's who you know, that doesn't stop in the job search. It continues as we move forward in our career, right? It continues to determine if we get that promotion, if we get that raise, 
if we get that cool project, and maybe that's disheartening. I know it was disheartening for me when I got my degree and got my master's degree. And, you know, I, I kind of still thought that if I worked hard and, and did the right things, I would get where I wanted to go. And I learned fairly quickly that those parts of our career are important. We have to execute. We have to be able to do what we say we'll do. We have to have our competence. And yet the biggest factor on whether or not we'll move forward is how others perceive us. If other people want to work with us, right? Going back to our Harvard study. And do we have genuine relationships, trust with the people that we work with? And we talked a little bit about trust last week. Some great verbiage that I got from Sandler Sales. Sandler Sales also a great a great process, especially if you're a salesperson, but has some great insights, even for those of us who may not be salespeople, in just thinking about real relationships and real trust requires one that you've taken some risk, right? You that you've taken some risk on the behalf of the other and, and most likely that they've taken some risk on your behalf, given you a project, whatever it might be. And then that you prove yourself to be trustworthy and that you're trusting. And that piece of building relationships is what I see get managers in a lot of trouble, right? When you're in in management and your team starts to not do what you want them to do or you feel like they're doing stuff behind your back, boy, it's that trust. Have you given them the opportunity to build trust, right? That, That risk, have you taken a risk on them? And then are you trusting? Because they won't trust you if you don't trust them. It's just that weird dichotomy of building relationships. And who's going to jump first? Who's going to jump first? And so when you're thinking about your career, whether you're looking for a job, you're interviewing, you're asking for some kind of a promotion or raise, or you're in management and kind of how how am I going to get the best out of my people Thinking about that core of relationship, that core of my people, do they, do they understand me and do I understand them? And really starting from that place of do I understand them? Because when we try to start with do they understand me, we go right all the way back to that know-it-all beginning, right? So that's my career tip for today is that relationships are the foundation of our career advancement. Whether you're job searching, whether you're looking for a position, or you're trying to be a good manager, do you have the skills you need to build good relationships? Do you have, and they're not natural. Some people can do it easier than others, but they, they can be taught. They can be learned. Those skills of building good relationships, the skills of trust, of listening, those skills can be learned. And that's part of what's maybe holding most of us back is that when we're on the path to career achievement, we sometimes lose focus of what really gets us there. And it's not the slimy, I scratch your back, you scratch mine kind of relationship. That might get you somewhere for a little while, unless you're in politics, right? No, just kidding. And thinking about the genuine relationships. And how are you being seen? So if I've got 
two, let's say two engineers. I work a lot with engineers. I've got two engineers. One is great problem solver, great technical skills, and and just smart, right? And the other one is okay technically, pretty good problem solver, but he's really good with people. And he goes to the company dinners and he goes to drinks with the guys, right? And some ladies, although in the world of engineering, unfortunately, there's not very many still. Love to change that. So thinking about who's going to win, right? The likable fool, which very few people are fools, right? So they're likable and somewhat skilled. Or the competent jerk, the person that people have a hard time getting to know, the people that always think they're right. And how can we learn the skills to change our fate? Because we can. There's skills. And the first step is really recognizing if that's getting in our way. If relationships and the ability to build relationships is getting in our way. So as you're thinking about that, feel free to stop by GetCareerSmart.com. It's GetCareerSmart.com. And read my blog. See the shows that you've missed and some of the tips that you've missed on how to use LinkedIn, how to manage your career. Lots of great tips there. And if you're looking to get a hold of me, Marie Zeminoff, your host here at The Career Confidant, you can always reach me at Marie, M-A-R-I-E, at astrategicadvantage.com. Look forward to seeing you next week. We're going to keep moving on tools that you need to move your career forward. Thank you for listening to The Career Confidant. Marie Zimanoff will return again with another terrific guest next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to join us then. 